Welcome to Season 3. The You Don't Have to Be Perfect podcast is an authentic space to talk about life in truth and love. This podcast has evolved, which is no surprise to me, because when you live authentically, you experience a lot of change. Thankfully, it's always a positive change, because when you ditch the coulds and shoulds and let God lead, the outcome is always beautiful. This podcast started as a resource for recovering perfectionists, but has expanded into a place for all to come and be themselves, share their struggles and their victories, giving God the glory along the way. Our world today suffers from an excessive amount of pressure on all sides that leave an individual feeling overwhelmed, burnt out, and eventually hopeless. My guests and myself have experienced all of these feelings at one time or another, which is why these stories and encouragements will inspire and uplift you. Inside today's podcast, I have with me Lakeisha Poole. Lakeisha is the author of five books and currently is working on her sixth. She believes that words have power to change the world. She loves journaling, sharing the gospel of Jesus as a speaker, and she loves spending time with family or relaxing on her porch reading. I've seen Lakeisha's posts on social media over the years and have often been encouraged and affirmed in my faith by her. I've invited her to the podcast to discuss her book, Faith Beats Fear, because I know her message is vital to our lives. So Lakeisha, thank you so much for being here today. Thank you for having me. I'm excited about our conversation. Me too. It's going to be good. So first question is, how long have you been living with and for Jesus? You know, it's that's sort of a trick question because I'm at an age now where I can look back and think or and see that God has always been with me my entire life. Mm-hmm. I can pinpoint those times even before I you know, was reading the Bible or really understood faith where if it wasn't a, a direct experience with God, my, my parents were teaching me about God. So my parents were very involved in church. I grew up going to church every Sunday. I grew up uh, doing all kinds of activities in church. But specifically when our relationship began and I became more aware of Jesus, mm-hmm. I was probably around nine or 10. And so we're going on a 30-year relationship. Wow. <laughs> And um, that was when I became aware of Jesus as my savior, right? Mm -hmm. So I'm in church, it's a revival night and this preacher is talking about Jesus. And there's just this moment where I'm like, I believe, I believe, Mm -hmm. I believe what is being said is true. I believe in Jesus and I want to make a, you know, a, a public announcement or declaration that I accept Jesus as my Lord and Savior. And so that happened when I was about nine or 10. And mm-hmm. over the years, I've just seen my faith evolve and grow and develop. And we're, we're still, we're still developing, still growing and still learning. Right. I, you know, I love that answer. Um, I was thinking I, you know, I can relate a lot to that because I've been raised in the church since I was born. Um, and so I, I always, as long as I could understand, I've always believed in Jesus, believed in God. I believed in all of it. Um, but yeah, not, not till a lot later, way later than you, you were like nine or 10. I was like 33 or something. (laughs) Um, that's when I feel like, uh, the relationship changed 
and to to you know it's still even different than it was back then but like you said you know we're growing all the time it's evolving um so but that's really cool because I think a lot of people can can probably relate to that well yeah you know I always knew him but but I didn't like really grasp it like really wasn't aware you know until later so that's cool thank you yeah was it's 33 I know people call it like the Jesus year. Is that the Jesus year? You know what? Yeah. 33. That was his, that was the year that, you know, his ministry ended and he died and was resurrected. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So I I do think the early thirties are a a very formative period. At least that's, that was the case for me, you know, Mm -hmm. because even though that relationship started at a young age, I still was, you know, doing the practices and the religious rituals and Mm -hmm. um as far as the personal relationship that's definitely something that comes later yeah and isn't it great though that like god's with us anyway yeah um even though we're not like fully tuned into it yeah 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 because i mean i can't i can't deny that like i can't be like oh no well he wasn't really around until i finally got my head on straight like no he was he was still taking care of me um and it's so amazing we have so much to be grateful for <laughs> oh my goodness so oh uh, I want to know when and why you were inspired to write this book uh faith beats fear so this is similar to uh our discussion about just my relationship with God I've had a long relationship with fear I was a very, very shy child. You know, I, when I started going to school at age four or five, you know, I was always often to myself um, and just afraid to speak, afraid to raise my hand, afraid to volunteer for anything. And so, you know, as I grew older, I fell in love with writing and writing was a way for me to express myself, but still remain that quiet, introverted, shy little child. Right. Mm -hmm. And so in 2012, I actually started using faith beats fear as this personal mantra to give myself that extra boost of confidence, and to remind myself to lean in on my faith. And I started writing blog posts about how faith is important and different ways that you can fight fear. And then eventually in 2016, it became a book. And this was completely God directed because I did mm-hmm. not feel qualified. I thought that because I, I still had fear, I still dealt with a lot of fear that who am I to write a book? about how you can leverage faith to beat fear. But in that, I realized that it made me well-suited for this topic because I'd had so much experience and I had learned how to navigate fear. Mm -hmm. Um, I would say before I started really being intentional about my faith, fear was something that would stop me or keep me stuck or paralyze me. And I began to just re-engineer my mind and my heart so that fear actually became my engine. You know, it didn't become my breaks. Oh, yeah. And so I, I I felt like I could share with other people some practical ways that they could then um, move past fear and um, really operate in faith. And so the other unique thing about it, you know, I'm a fiction writer. I like to tell stories. And so in the process of even developing this book, instead of doing that tried and true nonfiction route, which there's value there. 
I was really inspired by Jesus's uh, approach in teaching using parables. Mm. And so I decided to uh, really bring in some of that storytelling to teach the lesson um, and also entertain. And so it's a, it's a little of, you know, adding some, some honey <laughs> mm-hmm. to the medicine so that it goes down smooth and sweet, but you're mm-hmm. still getting um, some of that teaching and learning and, um, you know, practical tips on moving from faith, from fear to faith. And I think that is such a necessary tool that we need because, you know, I already said this, but uh, you're not alone. I mean, I think a lot of us, I would say maybe even the majority of us, uh, we kind of run on fear. That's our engine, right? And I, so I think it's a very relatable uh, topic and a very healthy approach um, because that, I mean, I, I'm with you. I, I've, I've written about that many times too. That's, that's what I want people to know. Like, Hey guys, guess what? That's actually functioning in fear. Do you really, do you want to do that? Because you could function from faith, you know? And um, faith is not, I, I'm not going to go ahead and say that it's easy. Right. Do you feel like faith um, requires like discipline in a way that you got to stick to it, right? Because fear often takes over without even trying. So I feel like um, for me, it has to be a very intense, I mean, of course, with practice, some things, you know, I function in faith right away and, and like didn't even blink at fear. But in other things, the fear might slow me down for a second, but that's when I'll take a beat, you know, and be like, wait, wait. Faith, faith, what does Jesus say? What is the truth that I can live in so that I can keep going, you know, um, and keep going in what? Well, on this journey that God's given me. So I think, you know, that's why I was like, oh, yeah, I want to talk about this because I feel like it's it's so necessary for most people. I mean, if, if there's someone that already knows how to live in faith with no problem whatsoever, okay, great. I'd love to meet you. But like, um, <laughs> but I think for all of us, it's like a, like a practice. It's it something is. that we have to do on purpose. It is because in reality, fear is a, a system that you've learned and practiced and adopted, right? Um, I talk about this in the book that fear is learned behavior, mm-hmm. but it's also a natural, you know, part of being a human being, mm-hmm. your, your body, that's part of your, your body's defense system, right. To alert you that something's wrong, there's danger ahead. And so if you don't have fear, you may be a sociopath, <laughs> right? <laughs> it's just, a, it's a natural part of our, of our body. And God understands that that's something that happens. However, God also equipped us with, um, a spirit of power, love, and a sound mind Mm -hmm. to counteract that, right? And so as we have learned to react in fear, we also have to learn to act in faith. And we have to give ourselves that grace and that space to to grow Mm -hmm. and lean on that spirit that God gave us because God really did give us all the tools we need to fight fear. Um, But again, it takes that practice. And and like you said, you're exposing yourself to those, those fearful moments and you're like, okay, now I need to take a deep breath. I need to question it. Right. So a lot of times people uh, will not question the fear or question the thought. They'll just go with it. 
And mm-hmm. that's a key part of, of fighting fear. Yeah. You got to stop, ask those questions, right? <laughs> right. But I think too, um, you know, that natural thing that you were talking about, you know, it's like a part of us is to keep us from danger. I don't know how, I, you know, I don't know how this evolved, but um, it's no longer just this mechanism to keep us from, you know, walking off a cliff, so to speak, right? So it's, it's no longer that it's like, um, the vulnerability to be vulnerable. You said something that made me think of the word vulnerable. Uh, maybe you said that word, I don't know, but you said something that made me go, oh yeah, vulnerability. When we can practice that, being vulnerable, oh my goodness, a whole new world opens up, right? And and people are so uncomfortable with that because of fear. They're so afraid of being rejected. They're so afraid. Uh, well, yeah, it really is rejection. And, and yeah. or, you know, how is this person going to respond to me? Is it going to be okay? Um, and I don't know. I don't know when that started, you know, I, I don't, yeah. I don't think that that's what fear was intended for. It was more of those natural, like, oh, well, let's not die, you know, Exactly. Um, but we have evolved it into this, yeah, this mechanism that, that we live from and uh, it's so destructive. It's so destructive and it holds us back. Right. I mean, I would venture to say that even if you look in the the bible at the fall fear was a seed that the serpent planted with Mm -hmm. eve this Mm -hmm. fear that god is withholding something from you yes right and so from that moment on you can see in human behavior we're constantly trying to be our own god Mm -hmm. and engage in self-protection yeah. And so our ego tells us that, well, God is withholding something. So fear tells us it, it, it literally is the same loop over and over again. Yep. Right. So any temptation we have with fear, it's the same thing. Did God say like it's trying to get us to question God, trying to get us to question God's character, trying to get us to question God's promise. And so it's almost like we just keep checking the same test. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Sometimes oh. sometimes we, we pass with faith. Sometimes we fail with fear. And so it, it's it's a cycle that, that we're on, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love that you brought that up in the garden. I do. I was so excited. I'm like, oh my goodness, somebody else sees the same thing that I do. Like, I, I got really excited about that because, um, yeah, it was like they, they were afraid of missing out. They thought God yeah. was holding back. And, um, and we do the exact same thing. So it's super relatable, even to the beginning of creation. Like, wow, we have been a broken record. <laughs> so, oh my goodness. Um, so how has God helped you overcome fear with faith? Like, what are some of the things that he's taught you? Well, I think the key for me was recognizing that um, Jesus is the author and finisher of my faith. So I'm sure you're in spaces similar to, to, to where I am, where you have these motivational, well-meaning Christians who are trying to encourage us to be fearless. Mm-hmm. However, I feel like that is a dangerous thought process, especially for perfectionists, because then we think we can work our way yep. into being fearless. 
And so I really had to get to a place where I'm like, no, this is, this is on God. God is going to teach me. The Holy Spirit is going to teach me what I need to know. I'm going to be exposed to experiences and, and people and circumstances that may spark fear, but that's a, an opportunity to yes. practice and to yes. lean on God. Yes. And so God is in charge of everything in my life. That includes my faith walk. I um, say this, I say, share this with my church that every person has a customized divine curriculum for your life where you're 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 learning lessons of faith you're learning disciplines you're you're learning about prayer you're learning about faith you're learning about all these different things perhaps in a different way than others and so that's why you know books like mine it, it's helpful to get you started but god has something specific for you mm. you know tools that can guide you to developing and growing your faith and so it's not on you mm-hmm. don't don't think it's on you to have the perfect faith or to have to you have to read the whole bible and memorize everything for your faith to be um you know at its best in mm-hmm. some ways god wants us to be deeper to grow deeper yeah. right to have that depth and um we can fall into this habit of trying to accumulate so much knowledge and information about faith or about these disciplines whereas god is he god wants a relationship God wants to be our teacher, to be our counselor, to be uh, who we look to, to lead us down that path of learning. Yeah. I'm so, I'm so glad you said that, like, especially about the perfectionism and stuff. You know, this is the, you don't have to be perfect podcast and it, it has a lot of perfectionistic listeners. And I'm really glad that you said it even for me too, because I have to remind myself of that so much that like, no, Vanessa, you can't make this right. Like, stop it. Like, it's it's really annoying. And then I, uh, the key is surrender. That's what he wants. Surrender. Surrender to allow him to work through me. Allow him to transform me. It, and that comes from surrender, not me uh, hustling or, you know, making my way, being my own God. And I did that for a long time thinking I was doing the right thing. Like, I really was like, no, come on, you got to do this. Like God's worth it. You know, like I, (laughs) I mean, it's so it's, it's all there. A part of me, it's all very familiar. Everything you said, I was like, oh gosh, that's, that's me, you know? Um, But I also know what you said about him being the author and finisher of my faith. And I have to do that. And that usually, um, consists of me flopping on my bed and be like oh I surrender <laughs> you know because I mean, just like because ah! God knows so much more than we do I and know. you know God sees those hitting places that need a little cleansing and cleaning mm-hmm. up where it's like ouch I wasn't planning on working on that so, um yeah we have to leave all of that stuff to him I know and you know I I said um Like last week, I kept reminding myself, okay, God is not keeping you in the dark. Because I think what I try to do, even though I don't, I'm not wanting to do it, but I think what happens to me, what I try to do is I try to like, you know, uh, work ahead, you know, get ahead a little bit, like 
let's like look, look around the corner a little bit so I can see what's coming up. And you know, if I'm close to God and I I'm seeking him in all things and in every way, then maybe he'll let me see. Maybe he'll give me a peek, you know, <laughs> of what's coming next so I could be better prepared. I mean that I honestly think that's what's happening in my mind. And I I realized it and I was like, oh Lord. <laughs> I was like, you're not keeping secrets from me. You're not Ooh. like, yeah, he's not keeping That's secrets a good from one. me. Oh, well, thank you. <laughs> thank him, right? Like he gave it to me because I, I said, oh, wow, I'm so glad you told me that. And I remind myself, God is not keeping secrets from me. What I need to know today, he will reveal or he has revealed. If I don't need to know it, then then he's not going to reveal it to me today. And that's not holding back. That's just his divine timing, his divine will. And so when I remind myself, okay, God's not keeping secrets from you. It helps me to calm down because I feel like it's my responsibility to figure out what God wants me to do. You know, like that's your responsibility. That's on you. It's like, actually it's on God. It is. Um, I'm with him. And so then I said, I'm mean, like, I am your child. I am surrendered to you. I submit to your ways. You guide me by the Holy Spirit, step by step. And that's it. I don't get, you know, I, I don't get to know what's coming up in five weeks or whatever, like I, or five minutes. <laughs> like I just get to trust you. Mm -hmm. I just get to trust you. And that is living in faith. And um, that's what I was saying earlier. I was like, it's really not that easy. Um, because it's simple, but it's it, not easy. Yeah. There you go. It's a simple, like, oh yeah. Okay. But it's not easy because of our conditioning to fear. You see? So it, it is simple, but it, because of our preconditions that we have, you know, to fear, um, it's difficult. It's like this fighting all the time to me it always feels like flesh and spirit. And I always want to choose the spirit, but I don't, and I'm not even on purpose. And then I'll be like, well, God, you know, I, I came to you. I gave you my, if I, okay. All right. This mistake is part of the plan. Um, this lesson is part of the plan. This consequence is part of the plan and your plan is good. And that's, that's the part that's hard to, you know, chew on sometimes like, oh, this is good. Oh, okay. It doesn't feel good, but okay. <laughs> Do you know it's what I'm so talking tough. About? It is so tough because you, I think again, as you're growing in relationship, it's just like a relationship you would have where you're constantly learning something about that person. So I'm constantly learning more about God's uh, person and, and, and character and the the way God you know, collaborates with me is different than the way God would collaborate with you. Right. Mm -hmm. Uh, God is very, uh, what's the word, uh, direct <laughs> with me oftentimes mm -hmm. and specific. And so my ego in conjunction with fear will sometimes reject that or, or have a resistance to, uh, that, that training, that learning and that growth. And mm -hmm. so you, you really have to practice being aware of okay, is this the voice of fear or is this the voice of faith, right? Mm -hmm. So God would never tell you you're the stupidest person. God mm -hmm. would never tell you you'll never make it. God would never tell you these things. And so when you hear this voice, you have to know, okay, nope, that's fear. That's yeah. fear talking. I can't let fear 
infiltrate. I can't let fear influence my decisions and my actions. And so once you start practicing it, you not only, again, learn how to fight um, the fear, but you really lean on and learn more about God's way. Oh, yeah. Oh, and I I, I totally agree. You can the other tell thing, the difference. I was going to say the other thing that makes it difficult, we are raised by people and we're raised around people Mm -hmm. and we have headlines we have uh, an atmosphere society that is very fear driven and it's it's some of the things that we call normal are actually very dysfunctional Mm -hmm. some of the things that um, our parents may have done they were coping with trauma and they were operating out of fear I always think about you know I was raised by a, a father who grew up during the great depression and a mother who was born shortly after the Great Depression. And so they they have a certain fear about um, of having things. So our household always had lots of canned goods just in case, right? right? And so that fear became a part of my approach to grocery shopping. So in everyday things that we do, there may be a little fear there, but we've normalized it and call that, we call that behavior rational or, mm-hmm. you know, being real but in actuality it may have some 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 bits and pieces of fear there oh yeah that's so good I love that um so uh, you know do you have uh something you can offer like a practical encouragement for people today that are kind of stuck in that fear zone the the most practical thing I can encourage anyone is to be aware or to look at what is right in front of you. Like literally, <laughs> what is, what step, what question, what problem, what task is right in front of you? We have this tendency of wanting to have, like you said, have the whole plan or to begin working on the whole project mm-hmm. and and moving to the finish line. Mm-hmm. And so when you are trying to figure out step 10, but you haven't even taken step one, right? You're going to trip and fall. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times that next thing to do is, is something simple. It could, you know, be as simple as making a phone call, sending an email, saying yes to something, saying no, don't try to figure out all 10 steps. Right. And the thing about action is it really helps to tamp down the fear. You know, fear likes to keep you paralyzed. Fear likes to keep you stuck. Fear likes to keep you in one place and you going back and forth. Like, should I do this? Should I do that? What if this, what if that, right? But taking one small action, Mm -hmm. saying a prayer, Lord help me, Mm -hmm. journaling, (laughs) whatever, just whatever that, whatever is right in front of you, focus on that and not further down the line, trying to figure out the entire plan. That is so good. That is so good. And it really does help. Um, and I ha- like sometimes like today I'm fine. I- I'm not, I'm not freaking out about anything. I'm not feeling anxious. And I was thinking, oh, thank you, God. I'm so glad it's not an anxious day. Okay. Hallelujah. <laughs> um, and I'm not worrying about, oh my gosh, step 10, blah, blah, blah. But there are times when I am, it's so weird. And it's like, not even, um, of myself. Like, it's like, right. it's almost like it happens to me. And, and so I'm praying the whole time. Um, but what will happen is what you're talking about, that fear, that paralysis where I'm like, oh my gosh, 
I don't know what to do next. So I'm just going to stand here frozen. Like, like I get so overwhelmed because I'm freaking out. So I was, I was just telling that to my husband one time. I was like sharing that with him. And then he was like, just pick something. And I was like, oh, but what if it's wrong? He's like, no, it's not wrong. None of, none of those things are wrong. Just pick one and do it. And I was like, okay, I'll, I will. I, I don't like it, but I will, you know? <laughs> and it totally works. Sometimes it just, it takes that action. Like you said, you said to take, tamper down that fear. Taking the action is big. It really shifts you from fear to, you know, that paralysis to, oh, hey, you know what? Actually, I think everything's okay. <laughs> yeah. Right? Yep. And, and and also, I think that a lot of this goes back to us, um, the perspective we have of who God is to us, right? So mm-hmm. when, again, we're talking about perfectionists, a lot of us, because I'm a perfectionist, or I, I like to say a reformed perfectionist. Yeah, I like to say recovering perfectionist. <laughs> That's a good one. Uh, we do we 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 have this black and white thinking where there's a right wrong right or wrong way right mm-hmm. and from the way we apply that to our relationship with God again here comes fear we have this fear of judgment and we 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 have this fear of punishment yes and yes. that's not God God has love for us yes and so when you get in that mode of uh analysis paralysis you're like should I do this should I do that you're there's a part of you that feels like oh my gosh I'm gonna do something and I'm gonna be unredeemable yeah and God's gonna be mad at me yes and I'm gonna get punished that is whereas, exactly it <laughs> <laughs> that's it whereas God is like a God of abundance right a God mm-hmm. of uh long suffering a forgiving God a God of grace and when you pick that one God is still there with you, guiding mm-hmm. you through that decision. And so, um, granted, yes, there are some things that are clearly <laughs> harmful right. and dangerous. Right. Um, so you always want to pray for wisdom. However, uh, when when you're you're trying to make some of those first steps, there's no wrong way to do it. Yeah. Uh, that's and that everything you you described it perfectly. <laughs> um and it is. And I recognized not too, I mean, I was like a few, several months ago now, but I was like, you're afraid. You're afraid of God punishing you. And so I looked up all these verses to help me like root myself in the truth. And I was trying to pull them up real quick to see. And I was like, I don't know. I don't know if this is the right one. So maybe I'll do it later. But um, let's see. I don't know. I, I don't want to say it right. So I know, right? I'm the same way because there's one that where I think it's in John, maybe first John, where uh, it talks about their, you know, fear has to do with um, punishment and not yes. love. Yeah. And so when you're obsessed about that, and I, I think that's that's when you know that you're not really operating in in the love of God or. You, there's something about you that has rejected God's love. Yeah. You feel like you don't deserve it. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't believe in that level of grace. And so that, again, that goes back to God being our teacher. God recognizes that and is trying to gain our trust and, and, and to uh, slowly and surely get closer to us so that we can begin to to really just have that, that faith. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For sure. Well, I have 
really enjoyed this conversation. Uh, it was right up my alley. <laughs> I kind of figured it would be just from the posts I read from you and, you know, just the concept of your book. I, it it delivered. It was wonderful. So I want to ask you, how can we support you and stay connected to your journey? I would say um, always I accept prayers um, because as you know, it, it, it is a, a journey. It has it been an unexpected journey for me, you know, the where I'm in this position of sharing the gospel of Jesus pretty publicly and um, serving as a teacher and speaker. Uh, I would say stay connected with me at LakeishaPool.com. That's mm-hmm. where I will post things related to my books or events. And I have an email list that, you know, I send out little faith notes, inspirational messages from here and, and there. And yeah, just connect with me at LakeishaPool.com. Okay. Well, we're going to put the link for that in the show notes um, so people can connect with you. But thank you again so much for your time. And yeah, I just appreciate everything that you said. Thank you. I enjoyed this conversation. We, 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 we kept it light. We got a little deep here and there. So I hope that your audience um, gleaned a lot from it as well. Well, I'm sure they will. <laughs> I'm sure they will. Is the Bible boring to you? It used to be for me too, but now I see it was the missing link between my religion and my relationship. If you felt like something was missing from your faith, the Truth and Tools Workbook will be a precious tool for you to draw nearer to the heart of God. I hope you'll check it out. It's available on Amazon in Kindle and paperback. Direct link in the show notes of today's episode. I'm so glad you've been enjoying the You Don't Have to Be Perfect podcast and wanted you to know that if you'd like to support and help share its uplifting message, you can leave a positive review on Apple or Spotify. To donate 99 cents, $4.99, or $9.99 a month, simply click the anchor link in the notes of this show. Once you're on the anchor homepage of the You Don't Have to Be Perfect podcast, click the middle button that says support and select your amount and enter your info. It's quick and easy and will make a great impact on the lives of my family. Thanks for being with me today. Let's keep practicing saying no to perfect and yes to truth. Take care.